I think we felt like kids on Christmas morning unwrapping gifts from Santa Claus when we started pulling that row cover off the fall veg. What a trip. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, And welcome to our podcast of November 17, 2010. You're so right. It was really fun and interesting to take the row cover off the, the row of fall veg and see what was under there. We, we could kind of see it through the, um, what, what do you call that material that's on there? Well, the brand name is Agribond. Agribond, right. AG15, which is a very lightweight insect-only barrier. Mm-hmm, Doesn't give right. us any frost protection at yeah. all, but it did keep the bugs out. It did keep the bugs out, and you could you could see it, and I could tell a lot that was going on. And we had even, um, I had lifted up a corner or two and, and clipped some collards, and we'd eaten some of those. But as far as just taking a nice direct look at all of those leafy greens, we hadn't done that. Um we enjoyed seeing the mature broccoli that we have. Oh, absolutely. Beautiful. It is pretty. And the cabbage. The and cabbage. we're going to have some broccoli tonight for supper, oh, by the way. Oh, I'm excited. And, I and harvested it and put it in the sun oven while you were gone. Well, thank you for doing that. That'll be good. And um, some of the cabbage heads are forming nicely. Um, as I said, we'd already had some of the collards, but it was fun to see the entire plant. That red cabbage does not seem to be forming heads. Is it going to, or are we just going to eat the leaves? I'm good either way. We'll see what it does. Okay. I'm, I'm really not sure. All right. Um, and, and the savoy cabbage has a has that beautiful uh, leafy, lacy sort of pattern to it. That's um, the kale is huge, and the 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 most fun to me. Um, although it's the least far along, is the Brussels sprouts. I agree. The Brussels sprouts are exciting. It is so cool to see those little bitty sprouts forming. Um, along the stalks, right. I guess I had not realized how they formed. And and so that's really been fun. Um, so, so we did that. We also had a nice rain earlier in the week. So I'm hoping that the garlic that I put out I hope will so do something. Too. Unfortunately, our armadillo had dug up a clove or two in uh, his quest for uh, grubs. grubs, that's right. So um, uh, I'm hoping it comes up. But uh, but anyway, that was the highlight of the week to me. Yeah, I, I guess unveiling. the big surprise for me uh, in that whole process was just how healthy and verdant everything looks under that row cover. It's a real exciting Including a few weeds process. that were a little bit verdant. Sure, we've got a few weeds that are coming on, but uh, certainly not anything out of control. We no. just need to uh, hit them with the hoe or just pull them up by hand or That's whatever. Right. And, and and the good news is I don't think we have as many insects out there as we did earlier. I don't think so either. And so I think it was the time, it was the right time to take the row cover off. Uh, we're continuing to have row six, which is where the fall veg is planted on uh, drip irrigation because it continues to be very dry. Yes, we got a nice rain the other night, but we're way, way behind for this year. So uh, we're continuing to give that whole zone three hours twice a week. Yeah, uh, We have cut back on the other two zones because we don't have anything growing in the other two zones that's 
that needs water all that badly. Mm -hmm. So, well, I think last week we talked a little bit about our the process of of spreading lime out on Veg Hill, and um, deciding that the um, powder lime, powdered type of lime, was not working very well. Didn't work worth a flip on Veg Hill. That's right. So, um, but, but I ended up getting some pelletized yeah. lime at uh, Farmer's Feed in Wetumpka and. Um, meant all along to put it out. Uh, it's been sitting in the pickup truck for three or four days. No, probably more like five or six days. And um, and then the rains came. And then we were looking <laughs> at a forecast of rain, and I said, well, gosh, I really need to get it on out there. And uh, as one of the extension agents told us, throw some soda. That's, yeah. that's what they used to call it, Strowing Strowing soda. soda. Right. Um, so I got out there uh, ready to distribute the lime, and then it started raining. So I ended up spreading lime in the rain, which was a big, messy, yucky process. But we did get it on tape. <laughs> we did, and it turned out to be surprisingly enjoyable. I mean, it, it really was rather pleasant to be spreading lime in the rain. Well, so I'm that glad worked you did out it. Well. I'm glad it, it was not I doing it. I'm glad you got that. We ended up spreading 11 40-pound bags of lime there in the middle of the rain, uh, whenever that was. What was that, uh, Monday? I think so, Monday? yes, yeah. yes. But it worked out well, and now our lime is spread on the orchard as well as on Veg Hill. We are being careful to avoid putting any lime anywhere near the blueberries. Because they need acid soil. Right. Uh, so we're trying to give them a wide berth. They're happy the way they are. And yeah. we're glad they're happy. So. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, we had another uh, newcomer to the farm, and that was uh, a smoker. We have purchased a smoker. Spent more money than we probably should have on a, what's it called, Weber Smoky Mountain Cooker. And uh, we had our first chance to use the smoker on Saturday. Uh, cooked, the chicken, yeah. Yeah, cooked about good. 16 thighs, um, or maybe that was 12. It's probably 12. Yeah, 12 thighs and one whole chicken. We also cooked, <laughs> it was my idea to put a spaghetti squash in the smoker, which turned out to be a terrible idea. We decided that that is not the flavor that you want on your spaghetti squash. Uh-uh, it's just too <laughs> smoky. It's just not pleasant, so... We've learned our lesson. We will not try to use a smoker to cook veg anymore, uh, but we, but it is it does seem to work wonderfully for meat, and it's very efficient. It uses relatively little charcoal or other kind of fuel, depending on how you want to do it. Um, but you know, I think we're going to be able to cook an awful lot of meat at one time without using a lot of charcoal to do it. So oh, that's good. I feel good about that. So our next task for the smoker is to cook the Thanksgiving turkey uh, slightly higher stakes so yes and yeah. actually we're not taking it for a big family gathering but you and my mother and I plan to eat it at least at first I'm sure we'll make sandwiches out of it and everything um, for the Auburn Alabama game as we watch that on the Friday following Thanksgiving. And I was careful to schedule that as our first turkey for the smoker. I wanted people who would love me anyway. Right. So I know you and Mama will we love do. me anyway. Yeah. Even if it's terrible, we'll we'll still be okay. 
Uh, but I don't expect it to be terrible. I think it'll probably be good. And then we're thinking about early in December cooking ribs for our um, supper club that's coming Yes, out, so. that will be another exciting day. And, of course, that one, um, the stakes will be high on that one as well. That's right. Well, we had a, a momentous day earlier. Actually, just yesterday. It was just <laughs> yesterday. Breeze. Yesterday and was November 16, which is the one-year anniversary of our big move to down here to the farm. That's right. It was official that day. We loaded up the U-Haul and didn't. obviously we didn't move everything here at one time. We still have things that aren't here yet. But we had we been moved. moving things well before then mm-hmm. and continued to move things after then. And yes, you're right. There are still some things that uh, are in our suburban home that we need to get on down here. And I know as you listen to this, you're thinking, what in the world are these people smoking to be a year after they have looked, moved and still um, have things in their suburban home? But that's the schedule that's worked for us, and we're not going to apologize for it. No. I'm not happy about it, but I'm not apologizing. But I think what made the, in my mind, what makes me decide that we moved that day um, a year ago is we moved the bed here. We set the mattress up. We we made sure we had plenty of toiletries here. We have the kitchen outfitted so that we could survive. We turned, you know, the refrigerator was turned on. And basically we said, we can live here. Right. We can actually make this work. And we did. And we did. And, and, it, and it's been home since then. It so, has, yeah. Um, so. so looking back on this year, uh, what surprises do we have um, about the year? What's different from what we would have expected? I really did think we would have sold that house. <laughs> but that's a, I True. mean, not to harp I, on that, I but I, to, yeah. I would have expected we would have, have Good point. made progress on that more than we did. But I guess the other thing for me is how quickly it has come to seem like home. Yeah. I, I didn't think I would adapt this quickly. And how quickly our way of living from the suburbs has receded. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we still that we don't still care about those people. Not at all. No, it is not about friendships or relationships. It's about yeah. The lifestyle. That way of living, that's right, has now become, it's, it seems more distant uh, than I would have expected it to seem a year ago. Yeah. Um, and even and the things that we gave up, we have, uh, we've, we've either substituted some other way of dealing with it or um, we've decided we can do without it. And uh, let me just use an example. Um, I miss having a Publix or a, a nice full-service grocery store in which I can get organic uh, foods across the, you know, pretty much across the board. Any kind of um, type of food that I really feel strongly, I need organic, I need, you know, free-range eggs, I need, you know, whatever. I can go to Publix and get that. The Publix here is 25 minutes away, but we've learned to plan our day, and, and maybe I should back up and say, where we lived before, Publix was five to seven minutes away, depending mm-hmm. on traffic. So Whole Foods was five to seven minutes away. And uh, so now we plan our trips into Montgomery, which is our closest big city that does have a Publix, um, so that we, when we need to, to go and shop for those kinds of items that I just mentioned, 
we do the shopping then. We 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 shop more like uh, people who live out in the in the boonies because <laughs> we do. Yeah, it does take a little more thoughtfulness in your way of living. But honestly, most everything we need, we can get in Tallahassee. Right. There are a few. There's actually Winn-Dixie sells organic milk. Um, haven't found free-range eggs yet, but every now and then we go to Wetumpka for our Master Gardener classes, and you can get free-range eggs there at the Walmart. So, so let me uh, ask another question. If you were talking to someone who was contemplating a move like ours, what advice would you offer them? Oh, putting me on the spot here. <laughs> um, I think a lot would depend on what stage of life this person is in. If they're semi-retirement in their 50s the way we are, I probably would caution them about the fact that it's a huge change. It's, a, you know, be ready for, because I'm not saying everybody would necessarily embrace it the way I have. Certainly not. Um, so I think I would say it's going to be a shock to your system. And there are going to be, and there are days that I do get up and, and I'm frustrated that we don't have what we had before. But those days are outnumbered by the days that I feel happy to be here and living, you know, out in the country and seeing hawks every day flying overhead and knowing I can go out and look at my veg out in the field and harvest what I've grown and eat it. Um, so I think, you know, to, to answer your question, if the person was at a stage of life in which I, they seem to have developed habits that are dependent on suburban lifestyle, I would probably just caution them to be, uh, give them a heads up that this may not be an easy or quick adaptation for you, but you know, go in, into it with your eyes wide open. If the person's a little younger and like fresh out of college, maybe they haven't really, you know, had a career in the city all their lives or whatever. And, and you know, young people can be a lot more adaptable than people our ages. Let's face it, more flexible, more um, malleable. Then, for them, I think I would just tell them how excited I am that they've chosen this and um, I, I would be more um, I guess expecting that they might have chosen this as a career for a reason now not everybody sticks with their first career choice that is if their career is to be farmer or to be um, gardener or um, you know, I don't well know. Now I guess I need to interject here and say you and I have been very careful to remain subsistence farmers. We don't have any interest in becoming commercial farmers. And we're able to do that because you have a pension from Samford where you taught, and I continue to have a little bit of a legal practice. So we don't need to make money on the farm right. in order to survive. But a younger person probably A younger would person need might need to sell what they grow, and that's a completely different proposition. You and I have no portfolio, I think, to tell somebody they should decide to become a commercial farmer. And that's part of what I'm getting at. That's part of what I'm not doing a very good job of doing. But if somebody is at that stage of their life and is contemplating living the way we live, then I think my um, 
advice or whatever it was you asked me about earlier would be different. It would be, you know, this is going to be your livelihood. Is this what you want to be doing? And if they've gone into this through four years of college and decided this is what I want to be doing or right out of high school, you know, wherever they are, then, um, yeah, they're going to have to make some, some choices about how they, how they support themselves financially that we won't have to make. Correct. I, I, that's the main point that I would like to get across. You and I have chosen the easy way to be farmers. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> you know, we, we've talked about the fact that when we go to Southern SOG and some of these conferences, uh, not, just, not just large ones like that, but even smaller ones, a lot of the breakout sessions are about marketing your produce, you know, grow, uh, growing for a CSA, uh, how do you get your marketing, 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 that's right. And, and getting the, uh, you know, what you take to the farmer's market, how to appeal or setting up a you pick. Well, we don't do any of those things. And I'm sure that you, I, you'll resonate with this. When we were harvesting the sweet potatoes and we'd had a, we've got a nice little video about the sweet potato harvest that I need to, uh, I'll include a link to that on the show notes page, but it was striking to look at those sweet potatoes and realize how many of them would be rejected by a grocer. That's They're great right. sweet potatoes for us. In fact, we're going to eat one of them tonight, a couple of them that were cracked. They'll, they'll be great for our supper, right. but a, a grocer wouldn't sell those. Yes. A grocer would throw them out. And it's so nice when I go out and look at my veg not to have to be worried about some standard of... Uh, that someone else is going to hold that vegetable up to, that I'm going to say, you know what? It's going to taste good on my plate, and that's all that matters. <laughs> it is all that matters. You know, if it's good for us, it's as good as it needs to be. That's right. So it, it is an easier life uh, to be a subsistence farmer. And it also means that we have a task ahead of us of, learning to spend less each year and and i think we're intentional about yeah, that we are we are intentional about it but anyway it's been a good week and uh we will we're about to run out of time for tonight but we will uh, keep you updated next week about some of the plans we have uh, for for example we have some new things to plant put out in the yard and uh, out on veg hill between now and then so we'll fill you in on that in the coming weeks You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the Daily Farm Log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.